to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and catch up with a good friend of the program, Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn's, here with us. Zach, greetings, my friend. How are you? I am on the phone with DJJ Jackson, so how could it get any better? <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. Uh, it's a little hot. Uh, are you feeling okay knowing the weather outside? Uh, yeah, it's toasty. It's toasty, but I'm used to hanging around you, JJ, so I'm used to it. <laughs> exactly. You're far too kind. All right, let's get let's get right into it then. We've got uh, Auburn baseball, man, going back to the College World Series. I don't think many people saw this coming, but boy, this team's been a whole lot of fun to root for. Yeah, you know, I think going into the season, the folks that may have seen this coming are the guys on the roster, and I think the list kind of stops there. And look, this team just slowly figured things out over the course of the season, and when it mattered most in regional play, they were able to figure it all out and obviously exploded for 51 runs and, and all of that. And then on the road in the Corvallis Super Regional, what an incredible showing there, too. So, yeah, this team is slowly figured it out and uh, you know there were a lot of questions about the batting there was a lot of questions about the pitching going into the season and they they figured it out and even even you know halfway through the year was like man how are they gonna figure out this bullpen and then you see guys step up armstrong stepped up um i mean you've seen tommy sheehan really really step up i mean there's just so much to like about this roster it's really come together Zach, after the the in the baseball, after you watch the Tigers at the Auburn Regional kind of run through the field, yeah. do you think it was very beneficial for them to go out to Oregon State and get tested by the Beavers? I think so. And, and look, I think Auburn got tested in the Auburn Regional too. It's so funny how quick the goalposts move, right? I mean, we're we're all watching the selection show, and Auburn's in the last part of the bracket that gets announced, and immediately everyone's like. Uh, Auburn screwed. There's no way Auburn's getting out of this, or what an unlucky draw for Auburn. And then they win it, and they don't really get any extra respect. You know, they're still seen as one of the worst teams in super regional play, and they go on the road and beat one of the best teams. I mean, Oregon State's been one of the best teams all year when you look at what they've been able to accomplish in their pitching staff. And they found a way to win three, uh, two of three really gritty games, and you're still seeing rankings out there that Auburn – uh, is the worst team in Omaha, even though with the exception of Notre Dame, they've probably had, um, they've probably had the toughest road to Omaha, and, and they've, they've kind of handled every blow on the way there. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's beneficial. Not that this team was lacking confidence, um, but, I mean, you certainly can feel like if you can go to Corvallis and beat Oregon State in baseball, you can beat anybody. And then looking at this team, there's a few guys on it that made the last trip to Omaha back in 2019. Do you think it helps that you've got some guys on there that's familiar with the setup there in Omaha when, you know, last time you were there, you got swept out in two games coming in now and you got this riding this wave of momentum. You've got guys there that kind of know what it was like to be there to help mentor some of the younger guys. Look, I mean, this program's not where it was in 2019. It's taken a step forward, but Thompson talked about that, and when he refers to 2019, that short stint there, he calls it 0-2 and in a barbecue, um, which sounds weird when I say it, but when he says it, it sounds really cool. But, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think all of that matters. I mean, experience matters. I mean, rarely in any sport do you see a team that hasn't been making the playoff, and then all of a sudden they make the playoff and they go on a run. That's just you don't really see that. You usually see steps. Um, usually see progression. And so Coach Thompson, you know, he said it clear as day what the expectations were after Auburn won the Auburn Regional. He's like, Omaha's not the goal. 
a national championship is the goal. And so they're excited that they're there, obviously, because if you're there in Omaha, you're one of the eight teams, you've got a chance. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think the more times you do anything, of course it helps. Zach, we, we talked about this earlier in the show, but I want to give get your opinion on this. If I say Auburn's not in Omaha without blank, who are you filling in the blank with? I think you could say a lot of guys. Um, I think you obviously could say Coach Thompson. I think you obviously could say Sonny Deshara. I think you could obviously say Joseph Gonzalez. But, um, you know, some of these role players that you don't really think of and they're not really getting a whole lot of praise, but, like, Blake Burkhalter, what he did, you know, as far as most saves and, and, and holds in, in the SEC this year, that's obviously something that uh, is going to be nearly impossible to replicate once he's gone. Carson Skipper, I mean, what he did in Corvallis was really, really special and really, really flashy. And those guys aren't really getting as much love as the Sunny D's are, and, and that's fine. Sunny deserves every bit of it. But um, this is a team. I mean, this is a full-fledged – I mean, Blake Brambush, I mean, that guy gets on base like every time he's at bat. I mean, it, it's just crazy um, how, how much offense and how many different role players they have. Case and Howell, I mean, you mentioned guys that have been here before. I mean, Case and Howell has just been a leader on this team for a long, long time. And, uh, I mean, he, uh, I mean he, he made some pretty incredible grabs uh, from that center field spot all season as well. So – uh, that's a tough one to answer, or I guess it's easy. I mean, you could say so many different guys, but that's probably not what you wanted to hear. Am I fair to credit you with uh, sort of the, the thick king takeover for, for the Sonny DeShera fans out there? <laughs> that is uh, that is 100% Lindsey Crosby. I may have used Locked on Auburn and you know some of my Twitter following to help push that forward, but uh, it was really fun. And you know, Lindsey Crosby with AuburnDaily.com, he's covered this Auburn baseball team all year better than anyone. So when you do that, naturally, he gets to kind of know some of the parents a little bit. And so uh, he did an interview with Sonny's mom and, and did a feature towards the start of the season. And she absolutely loved it. We reached out to Sonny. Uh, we did an NIL deal with him to, to launch a specific shirt, the Thick King shirt. It's got his autograph on it with a silhouette of him being on second base. But, yeah, there's a lot to, uh, lot to like about Sonny Deshara. Um, I think they tried to push the Italian stallion, but – memes and the internet wins stick king it is i remember doing a game this year and being on the broadcast for the sec network plus with mark fuller referring to sonny Deshera as the thick king and, and and mark fuller looked at me like i had three heads and i'm like oh it's out there it's on the internet you're just not in the right spot so uh, i didn't did, know did, that did you just flex did you just flex i, on I tried me? to i tried to you picked up on that well done well done not too subtle but very very strong and see this is where i was hoping that you were going to flex about being able to you know we, we put this together with sunny and and we're just going back and forth that's what we do hey that's fine that's fine <laughs> I want to flex by letting people know that I listened to Locked on Auburn yesterday uh, as a, this is a great transition here. And I'm now talking to the host of Locked on Auburn, Zach Blackerby, here on Sports Call. And on yesterday's pod, I thought you and Mike G had a fun little segment where uh, you were going through five players that were not talking about enough. And Zach, when you're responsible with doing a podcast five days a week talking Auburn football, I'm sure there are certain guys that you talk about a ton, right? Yeah, yeah, there are, and um, you know, obviously, there's metrics and things that like people respond more when you say certain guys in the title and all that. But you know, there, there's a few guys that I think are going to be really solid role players on this team. And look, that's what wins football games in the SEC is your depth pieces on your defensive line, 
you know, who's your number two linebacker that can help step up next to Owen Papo or Cam Riley or, you know, who's the corner that steps in and fills in and maybe makes that hole that, you know, um, that, that was left last year with Roger McCreary leaving, you know, who makes that a little bit easier to, you know, move on from. And, and Auburn's got some of those guys. And, look, there's so much attention about the quarterback positions and there's so much attention to, you know, the lack of experience in the wide receiver room and, you know, what's going to happen with the offensive line this year and then following this season all these guys leave. Um, but there's some really solid role players on this team. You know, Zakevius Walker was on my list, a guy that isn't going to start this year, I don't think. He certainly could, but I don't think he's going to. But uh, I think this defensive line unit is going to be like it was under Rodney Garner a few years ago when you had Marlon Davidson and, and Derek Brown. They rotated a ton of guys. And, and I think you're going to see that again because you have guys like Zakevius Walker, because you have guys like Marquise Burks. And so you know, those are some of those guys. I put Wesley Steiner on that list just because I think his athleticism is too valuable to, to keep him off the field. Um, but, yeah, yeah, ton of ton of role players on this team that aren't getting enough love. Zach, when you look at this wide receiver room, you just talked about it, not a whole lot of experience, but there's a ton of guys there that have a lot of potential. You know, I think mm-hmm. of uh, Javarius Johnson and Coy Moore, the LSU transfer. Uh, who do you think in that wide receiver room is going to step up? Who do you think Auburn's number one wide receiver is going to be? And, you know, who, who are the guys that are going to contribute the most this year? I think they're going to try to make it Shedrick Jackson. I don't know if it's going to work, but I think they're going to try. And I think they tried that at times last year, too. Um, he's certainly a leader. He's certainly a guy you want on the field. He's been on the field a ton the last two, uh, two seasons. Obviously saw more action on the receiving end last year than the year before, just more than just blocking downfield. So I think Shedrick Jackson's the easy answer. But, guys, I am extremely high on Coy Moore. Like, I, I think that dude gets it. He wasn't really given that much of an opportunity, but whenever he was given an opportunity to LSU, he made the most of it. All this guy does is get first downs. And when you look at a passing attack that struggled to get first downs at times last year, um, you take that. You take that. And so will the opportunity be there? I think that's the big question. And, look, he's coming in late in the process. Um, It's really tough for a guy to just come in and start right away, but you saw it with some of the transfers that Brian Harson brought in post-spring last year. Marcus Harris was a huge role. You know, by Darius Knighton was a big piece. Um, so it's possible. It's, it's certainly possible. Um, talking to folks that are close to him that, um, that, that were gracious enough to reach out and kind of give me some information, I mean, it sounds like he is extremely, extremely into studying playbooks and studying film. Um, talked to Cole Pinkston with On3 on my show earlier this week, and they were, uh, they were out front of the athletics department waiting for some official visitors to leave to get some interviews and out comes Zach Calzada and Coy Moore after um after they just got done with a workout they were deep in thought uh, talking about um you know schemes and, and, and timing and things like that even after the workout was done so I think Coy Moore has a chance to lead Auburn in both receptions and receiving yards next year I'm very very high on his approach so far and look I mean that fits in with Brian Harson one Right? I mean, Brian Harson wants these dudes that are 100% football, 100% do it the right way, no shortcuts. I think Coy Moore is all about that. And Zach, uh, I want to kind of touch on what you you, you kind of touched on it there. You talked to Cole Pinkston from On3 earlier this week. We've been seeing all this stuff on Twitter and on social medias about all these official visits coming in and you're setting up all these elaborate you know meals and, and yeah. views of campus. And you addressed it with him on the show, but when is Auburn going to start seeing the results of some of this? 
Right, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the guys that are coming to Auburn, they've got, you know, the next two weekends of official visits already planned. And so, I mean, the odds of you getting a guy to commit when he's already got official visits scheduled to other places, um, that's tough. That's a tough one. And so, um, I think a lot of these guys are going to take their four or five official visits throughout June and July, and then they're going to announce before their senior season starts, before, you know, these fall camps open up in these high schools and they get back to work. And so, and then there's other cases like um, Brock Glenn. I think he's Auburn's primary quarterback target. He's really Auburn's only quarterback target at this point for the 2023 class after they lost Chris Vizena to Clemson. And he, um, you know, he, he's going to be competing in the Elite 11 finals on June 28th. And he's made it pretty clear to everybody that he's talked to, hey, I want to go to that representing a school. And I think Auburn's going to win that battle. I think he'll, if I had to guess, he'd be um, Auburn's next commitment. And then once you get a quarterback, you know, you usually bring some folks with you. So that'd be, that'd be fun to see. But um, Ohio State offered him last week or maybe the week before that, and he's got an official visit, I believe it's this weekend, to Ohio State. So if Auburn can hold them off, I think, uh, I think it'll be all Auburn for Brockland. He's on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Locked on Auburn is uh, one of the best podcasts that you're going to find out there. It is the best podcast daily that you can find for Auburn athletics. Zach, what do you want to promote? What do you want to plug here? Uh, I just want everybody to know that JJ and I are actually friends. It's not just something we do on the radio. That's what's most important. Yeah. I appreciate the time as always. We'll do this again soon, okay? Hey, thanks, guys. All right, that's Zach Blackerby joining us there on the uh, the Auburn Bank phone line. 